Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is why your current customers may need more of your focus this year. Today's guest is an e-commerce brand mentor and consultant, a proven, I'm sorry, a purpose-driven digital brand marketing and strategy professional with 17 years of global experience building brands. She has worked across diverse sectors and companies from Fortune 500 to scale and startups. A big welcome to Monica Sharma Panetkar. Hi, Monica. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me on. You know, we're excited to have you. Now, quick question before we really jump into it, but your yeah. bio your bio reads that you are a purpose-driven marketing and strategy professional, but it doesn't mention the purpose. What What is that purpose that drives you? Oh, my God. Uh, so there is a lot. So first of all, I work with highly purpose-driven businesses, conscious businesses. So that's a really big part of what I do. We really care about, uh, they have a strong purpose about people and planet. And what really drives me is, you know, we know that over 50% of businesses, you know, sometimes fail in the first few years. And um, for me, it's like, I want to see them thrive, not just survive and just get by. And I've seen a lot of the big things that go into this is this core inner belief that business owners and business leaders need to have um, to really create that clarity, confidence, and courage to keep driving their business forward. And that's kind of my own journey in this area has really is, is really what drives me to work with businesses here. So let's let's talk about those factors. What what are the factors that you feel are important for a for a company not just to survive but thrive in your own words? Well, focusing on the long term. Uh long-term business is of course short-term actions, but long, with a long-term vision, really knowing what you're creating, why you're creating it and uh, really with that long-term vision in mind, what you stand for as a brand, so really knowing your customer, really absolutely knowing your customer, what they want, who they are, why they should even be buying from you. And then really translating that into a strong brand that people can actually connect to and feel like they're part of. And, and I think that's what really builds customer retention and loyalty as well for the long term. And moving slightly away from, I think we've been in a market for a long time where I've seen a lot of people want to see an ROI within, I don't know, 10 or 30 days. And I think we need to change that perception and that thinking a little bit. So you had mentioned that 50% of new businesses fail. What are some of the big, biggest mistakes you've seen that, that leads to that demise that makes, makes companies fail? Not knowing who your customer is and why they're buying or why they should buy from you and being able to translate that to a really strong kind of brand value proposition. Um, that's the biggest key thing. Most of the people I work with 
everybody talks about ideal clients, ideal customers. Well, ideal, honestly, even if you look it up in a dictionary, it means something from your imagination. They're drawing out a customer profile on paper without ever actually having spoken to the people who are buying from them. So this is one of the biggest mistakes I see consistently. So I'm getting a theme here, knowing who your customers are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so once you know who your customers are, how much value do you put on customer retention versus customer acquisition? A lot. Um, I think to say that one is more important than the other is not completely correct because you do need new customers coming in to be able to grow your business but it's the customer retention obviously it you know we also know it costs um i think five times lesser to um to retain a customer than to acquire a new one so that's where your long-term sustainability and profitability comes in in a business and it's also where i've seen even if i just look from black friday till over the holidays all the products and brands i've bought from how many people have really focused on this phase is is limited and i think this is such a crucial uh, opportunity that businesses have by really focusing on keeping those customers with them for a longer time so what, what are some of the steps that a company could take to, to focus on those customers? Let's take the example yeah. of Black Friday to, to now, because I, you know, I made a ton of online purchases. I, based on the industry I'm in, I try to make all my purchases online, but I have received very few, very limited communication since. But what, yes. <laughs> what, what are some of the steps that somebody should be focusing so, on from there? There are two sides customers? to this. For me, there are two sides to this. I think there is one which is more of the fundamentals, really, you know, taking out the time as well to do that customer research and understand, okay, these are the people who are coming in. Who are they? Why are they buying? What brought them in? What are the triggers and barriers that, that have gotten them in the first place? And also understanding from your customers who've been with you who uh, longer and have bought, who are they, right? So you can understand what keeps people with you. So that you can then translate that into a really strong brand and messaging and content that you put out to keep those people, uh, to keep the communication going and keep building that community around your uh, brand. So that's one side of it. And the more actionable as well side is the other, which is the whole post-purchase process. I think this is, again, that missed opportunity, starting from the packaging you send to your customer to some kind of communication, email sequence that you or even SMS, depending on what you're using to have an ongoing communication with that customer. I've seen very little businesses, very few businesses actually focus there. Your packaging is something that somebody's going to get and they have to open it. You can do so much more with that in terms of communicating what, what they're getting, how they can use it, what your brand really stands for, and kind of reinforce that, that right decision that they made by purchasing from you. And then that whole post-purchase process, continuing that sort of communication with them so that they actually feel like they're part of something a little bigger than just that product that they bought, but also very helpful advice, you know, how to use that product or how to take care of it. Um, and I, I've bought so many brands recently, some in the higher price categories. I really try to focus on conscious products as well when I buy. And mm -hmm. not a single one of them has sent me any information about their products once I purchased. I'm on their general newsletter, and that's all I get. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, I saw on your website, you used a term called forever fans, and I love that. <laughs> I might steal that. I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, how do you define a forever fan, and, and how, do you, how do you get those being a brand? 
So Forever Fan is the, a customer that will buy from you repeatedly. Uh, so not just one time or a second time, but that buys from you uh, repeatedly. And like I say, it's and bring so you, other are you, you defining it three or more or more than that? I mean, how, how many purchases? Well, I, uh, I would I think that again varies on the kind of product you have, mm -hmm. how often it would be, but definitely that they're buying three, four, five times from you and uh, not just stopping at the first or second purchase. Um, so they're coming back and they're coming back for more. And they're also telling others about you. So, uh, advocate as well. As an advocate as well, yes. Okay, so how do you get them? How do you get them? Well, uh, I'm going to go back to those fundamentals again. It's really knowing who the ones are buying from you in the first place. So I think you you obviously have this strong uh, database of your customers. So who are the ones that have bought from you repeatedly? Who are they? Why are they buying from you? What 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 have triggered them? And if you can compare those with the ones that stopped buying from you, what what happened there? What what were the barriers over there? I think that's that that core customer understanding is something I still see a lot of people miss. That's one. And then the other part is as well is that whole continuing once you've gotten them into your world, you've done the customer acquisition, the whole piece that we talked about is really continuing that ongoing communication with them to make sure they understand who you are, what they bought, why they bought it, and why it's so great for them so that you can keep that communication going. And not having to always uh, promote using discounts only as well. So you recommend people reach out to customers who have made multiple purchases? Absolutely, yes. And are you reaching out by phone? Are you reaching out by email? Well, uh, you reach out by email or whatever contact information you have. But mm -hmm. I'm a big advocate for one-on-one -on -one customer interviews. Surveys are great. They'll give you information on a wider span. It's very easy to get some quick information, but it doesn't allow you to dive deeper into their motivations behind it, right? You Got can it. ask why they're actually doing something. So what, yeah, let's, let's go there. Let's, what questions are you asking? Let's role play. You, you call me, I've just bought three times from you. What are you asking me? Uh, what am I asking you? Well, I have the four D's that I use as well. So first of all, I'd like to get to know who you are as a person, uh, you know, the standard demographics, uh, just to give me an idea what kind of stage you are in, in life uh, and who you are a bit as a person. Then uh, so those are the demographics. So do you have a you have a script you're following? I create we create a script before getting on, but I would say just like you would do for a podcast interview, it, it should just be kind of a guide and you let yourself be guided through also the answers that are given, obviously. Um, and I like to say, I also use this technique called customer story probing, where you're inviting your customers to tell you stories. And that allows you to go into more emotional depth with your customers mm -hmm. versus just sticking to the standard why questions. Why did you buy from me? As customers, I'm going to try, we tend to rationalize the purchase, whereas more for higher price products, conscious products that are more wants than needs, you'll see we're really driven by feelings. And that's what you want to uncover. So I like to focus on more inviting them to tell you stories about their purchase. So for example, let's make it, um, give you a really clear example. What's the last purchase you made, may I ask? I purchased a pair of boots. A pair of boots, okay. So um, if I would ask you, okay, why did you purchase that? Why did you buy that? I looked online and saw a lot of good reviews and they had a uh, Facebook community. Okay. And if you, if you could just tell me a little moment, a story that really stuck with you uh, regarding those boots. That's what you're asking the customers? Yes. Hmm. I'm asking. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I did research and I don't know if there's a story. I, I've been looking for uh, a pair of boots that are, I thought, a decent value. And I found Thursday boots and then had a great community. But I don't know if there's any emotional story to it. Well, I'm not, I think because I think you're being led a little bit by some of the things I've already said. But if I say mm-hmm. okay, a moment that really stuck with you when you were doing that research. OK, tell me a little more about that community. Yeah, I mean, people seem to love it. And so I, I figured I would, would give it a, you know, I was really um, surprised. I looked at it Black Friday and they said no discounts, honest pricing. And that was one thing that really stuck with me for for that purchase. Right. And uh, that's something. So the more we ask stories and or moments that stick with people and then we probe further, obviously, with some more standard questions, um, that's when we kind of dive deeper into those uh, moments that really like that that really stick with people. So in the first question, you just gave me a more rational answer. And here, when I tried to probe further with a moment that really stuck with you, it was about something about honest pricing. And then I can dig further into that and see, okay, what was it about that that really made you make that purchase? I see a lot of businesses worried about calling customers. Mm-hmm. They're right. worried to to bother them. They're worried that you know they're going to come across as a telemarketer and they're going to get hung up on. What would you say to that objection? Yeah, I, I've seen that objection a lot. Uh, I've experienced it with a lot of my clients as well. And I would say is that there will always be people who are going to say, of course, no, and that's their right, you know, not to take part in any kind of customer interview. But it's all about how you reach out to them. Um, I normally always send out, I say, reach out first via email, tell them who you are as a business, you know, are you the marketer or the business owner, whoever is reaching out and tell them honestly why you're reaching out, that you uh, would like to, you know, improve your business and serve the customers better. And therefore you'd love to get their feedback and plan in a call. And you will still see that so many customers, the feedback I've always heard from a lot of my clients is that they're always so surprised to hear that customers end up saying, oh, you actually took the time to speak with me. You really care. There's so little, so few businesses that actually do that nowadays. So people actually want to be seen as a human. They want that personal connection and touch again, and they would love to, they, they actually like helping other people. So um, whilst there'll always be people who say no, don't let that stop you from reaching out to your customers. Do you find it necessary to incentivize to get an interview or are people just happy to, to help if you call them? So people are generally happy to help, but I always also suggest, you know, just as a more as a token of appreciation versus making it as an incentive is just give them, you know, something just to say thank you for their time at the end. You know, you can give them a voucher or something to continue shopping with you. It gets the connection going as well. I think it's always nice to just give something back to somebody for their time. So where would be the best place to get started for a listener? They're they're selling stuff online. Um, should they go back and I assume not not contact everybody who's who's purchased during the, no. the holiday crush, but if they purchase twice, I mean where where do you even start? Look at your email, look at your email list, look at your purchase history. Um, you can segment that from there, you know, if you want to maybe look at the most recent customers that bought from you, maybe the third or fourth time or more than two times, you can select a few from that. And I would, and you can also select a few, maybe only purchased once, uh, but recently and see why they have maybe in an X amount of months ago. So I would say start with your list, segment there, and then reach out to people from there. And you're trying to uncover the why they, they purchased, but Absolutely. what are you going to do 
once you have that why? What, how are you going to use that information? So I'd like to just add there. So it's not just why they purchase. It's, it's um, I always say, so you want to know who the person is, but also what's going on in their life. Who's that person? What are their needs, wants, and desires? And then therefore, why did they buy, buy your product? And how does that fit into their life, right, as well? And then how they behave within your category. What are the triggers? What are the barriers? Where are they buying from? How did they find you? And what really makes them happy? What delights them in that experience? So these are kind of the four buckets I like. I like covering um, and then you use that once you you dig in, you know, once you go start seeing the red thread, the commonalities across all the different people you've spoken with, you'll get into what we call the customer insight. So what is it that they're really been looking for and why did they buy from you, which you can then translate into a, your brand and the key benefits that you offer. And your copy business. and your marketing, that's that's where you're using that. From there, it goes into your messaging, your content copy. It can also help you decide what channels to be on, what collaborations to do, etc. Got it. How many is enough? Um, again, I, that varies per size of business, but I would say I always try to average into just doing eight to 10 deep dive interviews already gives you so much depth of information. Uh, it's a great place to start. Now, if you had a crystal ball, where do you see this year going for e-commerce? Do you see it continuing to trend up, uh, flattening? Where, where do you see it going? For e-commerce? Well, I think, you know, at the end, people are still going to be buying online a lot. So I definitely see that as a positive for e-commerce. Um, people are, despite talks of recession, I still see and, and, and all this inflation happening. I still see a lot, of, a lot of people buying and purchasing and being out and about. I think the couple of things I see is one, this move back. Uh, and I love that to fundamentals. I think there's been, there was a time it was really easy to go online, run your ads, get people buying. Um, I see, I'm even hearing a lot of ads experts and other people in this space talking about, well, knowing your customer. And I love, I'm so happy to start seeing that conversation happening across the e-commerce space. So really going back to fundamentals of knowing your customer and what you stand for as a brand. I think the personal connection is getting stronger after the pandemic and a lot of other things happening in the world, people do want to be out and really want to feel more connected with people because I think there was a sense of isolation. And I also see the third one is like a lot more experimentation. So we're seeing, you know, uh, algorithms changing in the social space. So, you know, TikTok did really well over the, versus Instagram. At the same time, there's advent of AI. So people are still trying to figure out what is what and what works for their business. So there I see a lot more experimentation with different uh, different tools and opportunities. Now let's uh, change focus and a little bit about you. I mean, how did you get into focusing more on the customer? That seems to be a kind of niche. Yeah, so customer and brand. So, I mean, because you can't create a brand if you don't know who your customer is. Um, and I think how I got to that, well, over my career, entire career, I've, Master's in marketing uh, and business. I've kind of worked in the corporate world where it was all, it's all been from brand management to marketing to strategy consulting. But in all of those roles, it was always core to that is really knowing who your customer is and then defining what you stand for as a brand. And as I became an entrepreneur, I had my own online store for a while. I was watching around me as well with all the people and peers. And the one common mistake was still consistently that people just didn't know who they were speaking to and what they stand for as a brand. And they were going, but nobody's responding to my ads. I'm putting out all this content and nobody's engaging with me or for nobody's engaging for the level of business I'm at. 
And when I dug further and spoke to these people, I realized they really just didn't know who they were speaking to. Nobody took the time to do that. And that is a key and fundamental aspect to your business, no matter how much market changes, technology changes, knowing your customer is, is, is super important. And as your business grows, if you stay on top of who your customer really is, it gives you the opportunity to easily make the changes and pivots and tweaks you need to, because markets are gonna change and technology is gonna change everything and we can't control that. What you, what you can control is how you respond to that. So knowing the customer and then defining who you stand for as a brand, uh, I think is one of the crucial things, which then feeds into everything else, into your growth strategy and plans. Hey, what's up there? This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just one minute. You probably know that I've been called the world's foremost expert in e-commerce growth strategies. But have you ever wondered how I gained all this knowledge? First, you probably guessed it. It's through all the years of interviews I've done with experts and uber successful throughout the e-commerce space right here on the Make Each Click Count podcast. And second, it's through all the courses that are available at Make Each Click Count University. From Facebook to Google Ads to Pinterest to SEO, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel like an expert, go to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. There you will find a course that will help you become an expert in whatever marketing channel you currently need help. Better yet, Choose more than one. Join Make Each Click Count University and join me and other marketing professionals live once a month at our monthly marketing members-only meeting. Again, you can view all courses at www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash classes. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, I'm, I'm curious, were there any business books that kind of led you to that point of view or was that just through your own running your own e-commerce company and personal experience i think it's that part really comes from over my my entire experience uh, in my career from my corporate to working with scale-ups and small business owners um so in, in that area there was no specific business books but i a lot of books that inspire me on different areas that have been crucial for me you know in just developing myself as an entrepreneur as well so I'm kind of a bookworm. What uh, what are those books? So I think one of them would definitely be The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Uh, more mindset. Um, definitely. It's a lot about shame and vulnerability and showing up as yourself. And I think what she also talks about a lot is um, showing up as our messy and authentic selves and how that creates a safe place to be for people for to be able to connect with people. And for me, that's as an entrepreneur where business becomes quite personal um i feel like it's 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 connection with your people with the people you work with connection with your customers is so crucial and i've also seen that with more of the business owners and leaders and businesses show up as themselves they're more likely to inspire both customers as well as their team members and this is something that really keeps inspiring me so what are you doing now what services are you offering your clients to help increase business so on the one hand, I work with small business owners where I give my brand mentorship, which is a you have a 12 week option where we work on the fundamentals of really knowing your vision, your customer, what you stand for as a brand. And we look at your product portfolio and then translate that basis on your numbers to a growth strategy. Or you can extend that to a, a 12 month one where after the first three fundamental months, we move into uh, ongoing support from something like a head of marketing kind of coaching you um, and looking into your business with you over those 12 months. And then I also work with larger businesses and scale-ups on the same 
building blocks, you could say, but then the process are more custom depending on the size of business and what they need. So really on branding and clar clarifying the message. Really, yes, but also looking into your marketing plans, because then I look into, after that, I combine it by looking into your numbers and using the insights we gain from customers, what you stand for as a brand, and then see, okay, what does that mean in terms of your actual strategy that you need to implement? Do you have a favorite success story of one of your clients that you could share? Oh, there are a few of them. Um, there is, I think there's one that just gave me a recent update recently. And I think that would be, um, she's actually a smaller client who chose to work with me. Normally I work with clients who are uh, slightly ahead in terms of revenue, but this one had been in business for a few years. She's 50 plus, was going into kind of a second career. She had retired from the IT and technology industry um, and had ventured onto this entrepreneurial journeys, making magnetic, um, handmade magnetic jewelry. Um, they actually kind of, they actually help you against pains in your body naturally. Uh -huh. And um, she'd been in business like as a hobby first on the side when she was as she was retiring from her job, and she was barely making probably a thousand or two thousand uh, dollars a year, um, which was really shocking to me given how much effort she was putting in in terms of ads and content. She was doing all the right steps and everything. So we worked through those uh, steps where we really helped. I really helped to focus on that purpose and vision she has and who that customer is, what she therefore stands for as a brand and therefore what that meant in terms of her product portfolio and the actions she needs to take in term, uh, from a marketing perspective. And recently, within a year, she's already grown to $35,000. So from barely making $2,000 to $35,000 and something that she did not expect. Um, I helped her define some business goals, which we said, okay, let's put a pessimistic, realistic and optimistic because she just could not see reaching the higher numbers. And she actually reached uh, in between her realistic and optimistic goals. And despite having to slow down for health reasons, um, and this has given her the confidence to say, wait, if I can do this, then I can reach much further with this business. Um, and that was just inspiring to see how it also changes somebody's life. So that's the good side. What's what's the bad side? What what are some problems that sometimes um, difficult for you to solve for clients? Um, difficult. There are a couple of them. I think. Uh, I think the challenges is really when people want to see, they want to do this work and see really quick results. Uh, this is long term work. This is long term work in the sense. Uh, this is not like you're going to come in work on your brand and in 30 days, you're going to see the ROI coming in. This is something that you have to consistently implement over a period of time across all your touch points. And, and then you will start seeing the results both in the customer relationship uh, that you develop. Um, and then it, obviously in terms of your revenue, but this will take time. And to be able to explain that to people, I think is definitely one of the hardest, the challenges I face. Um, having people, once they get into implementation to say, to really stick with it again, not, not to say again, keeping that long-term vision is that, uh, if, if I don't see, you know, this new messaging or work within 30 days, yes, you have to test and tweak as you go along, but not wanting to completely change course complete, uh, within a few days or within a month or within two months. So those are two of the things I've seen the most. Um, yeah, most of the challenges that I see. Yeah, I can see that you can, you really have to almost be a therapist to, to have them 
continue yes. to, to implement and to continue to believe until it's it's tweaked and, and have the right messaging. Yeah, I, I see brand work. It is kind of like therapy and I want people to understand what it entails, that it's not just design, really understand. It's a fundamental understanding of your business and customer and the market that you are in, actually. Now, who's the perfect client to work with you? If they're out there listening, they should um, give you a call after the after hearing you today. So I work with small business owners who, you know, at least at least at minimum, like kind of six figures plus uh, in business. Um, at the, uh, on the one hand, for my coaching work, and they're really purpose driven. The conscious businesses they do care. They have a strong purpose. They care about the people and planet as well. So this is not. Um, uh, they really take that into account in their business as well. So they really want to bring profit as well, but it's not profit maximization at any cost. And they're doing all the right things. If done the traffic, the content, they're making the sales, people buying from them are really happy uh, and they do become loyal customers, but they're somehow not still not getting the level of engagement they need for the level of business they are at. And you will see that they kind of feel like they're hitting the ceiling in their business. So that's for the small business owners. And then with scale ups, they also tend to be conscious business owners, but they're larger with teams. And those tend to be like seven, eight or nine figures plus where I then come up with a more custom uh, work. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you? Well, you definitely come to my website, businesswithmonica.com. I'm very active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, small business owners tend to follow me on Instagram and you have larger businesses as well as e-commerce experts. I really connect with on LinkedIn. Uh, and I mean, uh, and there's a really handy download about kind of the four types of questions that you can ask your customer. Um, which I've provided the link for so that you can download that and then you'll also, so you can actually take some action immediately as well as you'll join my email list. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you had forgotten or like to add before we wrap it up today? Um, I think the main thing I'd like to say is, you know, for me, it's really about also starting to work, go back a lot of times in e-commerce, we're all, we're really driven by the numbers, which, which is of course important. You know, you need so much traffic to get so much conversion, but let's start going back to adding that personal touch in business and really seeing those customers of yours as, as those individual humans. And how would you speak with them? How would you engage with them? If that's, if, if, you know, imagine them walking into an actual store and you had an opportunity to talk with them. So start seeing them as, again, as those actual humans that are buying from you and how would you engage them and how would you help them along the customer journey, you know, and, and get to know your business brand and products better. You know, I have a lot of people who ask me, how do I compete with Amazon? And I think that that's really a key to it right there is getting to know your customers like uh, yeah. only a small business can. Yes, absolutely. I think that that is such a, it's a strength. A lot of people think, why are we calling ourselves a small business owner? But I think as a small business owner, use that to your advantage, use it as a strength. A lot of people out there are saying, I do, I want to support small businesses. So you can really use that as a strength and we do that, do those steps that don't scale at the beginning um, before you really take that leap in growth further. Well, this has been great. Well, thank you again for joining us today, Monica. Thank you so much for having me on, Andy. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on connecting with Monica, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information, any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. 
And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.